0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to CEOs and uh, entrepreneurs all about the epic business blunders and everything they've learned in the process of making mistakes. And so with us in the hot seat today uh, is the CEO and Chief Talent Specialist of a company called Another Source based out in Seattle. Uh, Marcy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for having me.
0: Yeah, very welcome. Uh, So look, let's get on with uh, the elevator pitch. What are you guys up to at Elevator Source? Another Um, source, sorry, my bad. (laughs) Another
1: source is uh, passionate about revolutionizing recruiting services, primarily for nonprofits and higher education industry. Uh, We revolutionize that, Matt, really Uh, by by doing two things. One, we work in a time-based model of 30 days. So it's short enough to have a positive impact to the organization in the recruitment cycle, but long enough for us to work our magic. Um, And the second thing that we do is um, we charge a fee structure that is based on what we can control, which is the front end of the recruitment process. We can't control if uh, someone's going to accept an offer or you're going to be the best hiring manager that you said you were. Um, So our fee structure is always less than 10%. Versus typically twenty to thirty percent with with executive search. Hmm,
0: That's really really cool. So why nonprofits um, and higher education? Like how did you land with that particular uh, you know customer segment?
1: You know, great question. And maybe my first piece of advice is recognize an opportunity when it comes your way. Hmm. Uh, In two thousand nine, we fell into higher education. Um, We uh, started working with. with a university, and it just took off. Our service model um, works for for typically under-resourced organizations, which typically nonprofits don't have a a strong recruiting infrastructure. Um, Most of the time, hiring managers are tasked with that. Um, And hiring managers are great at the interview and selection part of the recruitment process. Um, they're, They're not or shouldn't be, in my belief, tasked with building an awesome candidate pool.
0: Very, very interesting. Well, uh, congratulations on uh, all your success. I love this idea of time-based recruiting. I think it's ridiculous that you know when I hire someone through an agent, I must cough up twenty-five percent of the annual salary. It's nice to, to hear something different, uh, yeah. and you know, different always wins in my experience. So, congrats. Thanks. Perfect. So let's get into the meat and the potatoes of uh, this episode. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today?
1: Uh, my epic failure uh, was not preparing to become CEO in, in 2007. So a uh, quick story, our company was founded in 1991 by my mother, Jan Scott, and I came to work for another source in 2000, um, not passionate about recruiting, um, passionate about the way we did business um, and was learning the ropes. When when Jan decided to retire, she gave uh, me first opportunity to purchase the, the organization and through. Um, some reflection and long conversations um, decided that we wanted to move forward with with purchasing that organization. So 2006 was spent um, it, creating a transaction valuation um, and investing a lot of time in my mom and I's relationship, making sure that we could get through that transaction and maintain the great relationship that we had. Um, what I failed to do during that time, Matt, was prepare for my my biggest role yet, which was to be CEO when that when that purchase and sale was over. Um, and it was an epic failure. Um, January 1st, I felt like I had a straight jacket on. It felt uncomfortable to me. I didn't know how to lead without others around. I, um, I, I, I lost key employees. I pissed people off. Um, I tried to do it myself. Um, I was thinking as well, I was preparing for this conversation, that fight or flight mode. And I think I had, neither of those, um, but rather I had this wiring of, um, I played singles tennis growing up and through college. And so it was always me out on the court by myself. And when there was a problem or a challenge, it was up to me. And so January 1st, 2007 came around and it was going to be just me. I went into this natural wiring that I had of, here comes Marcy, like a a bull in the China shop, um, trying to learn how to be a CEO. And the consequences of that were I lost several key employees. I mentioned I pissed people off. I missed opportunities. Um, and then I was miserable. I was miserable. Here, here, my mom and I's relationship was intact, but I had done nothing to prepare to, to lead this organization into the next phase. Um, and so 2007 was, was really rough. Um, it was a lot of getting knocked down and trying to get back up and then getting knocked back down um, and being humbled in ways that um, I never expected.
0: Mm, that's all. crazy that's nuts so what did that yeah. whole uh, experience teach you uh, marcy like when you think back at you know on that time um like i believe to premise the question like every life is always happening for you all right you know yeah. what i'm saying and and, yeah. it's, and you have to be able to see that and go okay this sucks now and i'm failing now whatever but what did you learn from that like what do you, what did you take forward with you into your business
1: yeah, I would, I would say that in summary, and I'll build off of it a little bit, is teamwork makes the dream work. That's our, our slogan here at Another Source. And I think I had to go through that process as awful as it was to really learn that I can go farther with a team than I can by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be faster, but it sh- certainly isn't easier and I won't have the same success. Uh, and I also think that I, I needed to be humbled and learn to build other strengths, um, I think, you know, up until then in my career, those strengths had worked really well for me. Um, but to to be an effective leader um, and the leader that I wanted to be, I had to develop an entire new skill set. And until I was knocked down enough to be able to make room for that, uh, I don't think it, it could have happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing.
1: Yeah. I think the one last thing i would add to that too is is i learned that in you know looking forward as much as in the current is is equally as important um and on infrastructure on people on leadership not just go-to-market strategy not just clients not just product mm,
0: understood um so if you could get into the matt brown show time machine marcy and and kind of do things differently what would you do differently and, and why
1: mm, i think there's a there's a couple of things i think um having that the the experience that i do and the insight now i would have um first of all i would have surrounded myself with people that um could teach me um that that are smarter than me um that had been through um a similar experience um and and leadership as well that i respected and and admired i would have surrounded myself with those individuals um i would have looked forward um i would have hired um really as a, a, we hired a, a therapist to help my mom and I get through this transaction, I would have hired someone similar to help me learn how to be a leader. Um, I would have hired a coach. Um, I would have involved my team. I would have asked my team what they needed during this transition and what they need going forward. Um, It was very introspective and I I needed to change that. I would have gone and looked externally. Um, And then I think the, the other thing that I would have done is really as I as I've learned to reflect and and really spend time thinking through things, I would have probably done a gap analysis on myself. Um, Where where was I prepared? Where was I weak? Where did I need to build? Um, Where could we hire people that were smarter than me to build out those strengths?
0: Mm. So, and where are you, where are you guys now? I mean, when you, I mean, if you come a long way, still in business. So that's obviously something good has come of this. So where are you guys now? Just close that story for me.
1: Yeah, I think um, I. I first of all, I don't feel like I have a straight jacket on anymore uh, as a leader. Um, but I think that you know, there was initial stage two of of a leader that was working in the business, and and I had to get also comfortable in the journey of working on the business instead of in the business. So fast forward to where we're at now, you know, I would say a good ninety percent of my time is spent working on the business instead of in the business. Um, and I think I, I'm a, a the biggest the first person to raise my hand and say the, the best thing I can do for the company is, is work on my, and with my people.
0: Mm, amazing. So uh, Marcy, what's your advice to other CEOs and entrepreneurs out there today, listening or watching us right now about the importance of failure or failing uh, in, you know, in business success?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I think, the, the first thing, like you said earlier, it, it teaches us something and we got it. We ha- got to have our eyes and our ears and our hearts open to learning what what is it trying to teach us and be be open to it because it is happening for a reason. Um, and I'm a big believer when your back's up against the wall or when you're down, you see things from a different perspective. And that perspective is a gift. Um, I, you know, the other advice is put your people first, um, know them, make it easy for them to know how they're successful, know what their gifts are and. Um, you know, invest in that, that people infrastructure as much as you're investing in your go-to-market strategy, because you can't, you can't be successful without the other.
0: Mm. I love that idea. People infrastructure. That's so cool. You know, it's just yeah. people or HR, you know what I mean? Or perform or people structure is Pretty cool. Cause you have like, yeah. you know, cloud infrastructures, all these other things. People infrastructure yeah. is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So tell me, um, when you think about like books and tools and resources that you know you maybe may have consumed during this transformative period um, and beyond, what books, tools, resources do you recommend uh, to other CEOs today?
1: Yeah, I think there's two that really that come to mind: um, Good to Great. I, I know you've you we've heard that before, um, but I even just last week was referencing um, activities around um, the five dysfunctions of the team um, and and really looking through that. Um, so five dysfunctions of team, good to great. And then the most recent one that I've read that I really liked that I've actually been able to, um, use with a lot of the team is atomic habits.
0: Yeah. James clear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. The man, the
0: legend. What is there something that you learned from that? Lucky like, when you think about that book, what comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah. I think that, um, the, the one thing that, that I have used over and over and also with the team is habit stacking. Mm. Um Mm-hmm. Is the is the one kind of thing that I that I took in my tool belt that I constantly am in referencing, especially as we're developing team members. Um that I think it's something easy to and it makes sense to people.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Well, Marcy, yeah. uh, thank you so much for being vulnerable and, uh, you know, for having the courage to share your epic story of failure. Uh, you know, I guess we all don't know what we don't know until we put into a situation where it's like, hang on, you don't know this stuff. <laughs> right? Uh, you right. Know, And so uh, thank you for sharing that. It definitely will, uh, you know, make a difference. So um, thanks for being in the hot seat and wishing you and the rest of the team, like all the very best for the future.
1: Thanks, Matt.
0: Anytime. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again soon.